Hello and welcome back to Industry Town. Today's guests are Graham Sibley and Jeffrey Scott Collins. They are the artistic dynamic duo behind the new movie Poor Greg Drowning, which is available for free for Amazon Prime subscribers starting Thursday, November 12th. So check that out. But I want to have them on the pod because I I just love talking to people who've made a feature. Nothing seems more impressive to me in Los Angeles than people who've made their feature. It feels like the Lord of the Rings quest. It's like an impossible goal. You got to get the right team together. You got to get all the supplies together. You got to figure out how the fuck you're going to get to Mordor and all sorts of shit's going to happen. You better get a lot of luck and a lot of community supporting you. And it's a remarkable feat. Um, we've talked about this a couple times. Uh, Lee McKendrick came on, uh, Amanda Doko came on, we've had some more. Uh, I just love learning their lessons, what they figured out along the way, and what advice they can pass along to filmmakers who are getting ready to take that plunge for themselves. Their movie, Poor Greg Drowning, just to give you a little uh, backstory, it started out as a short. And then after a short, they thought, let's maybe expand it to a web series. And then eventually it became a feature over five years of work and shooting and development. But first, I'm going to play the trailer for Poor Greg Drowning, and then we'll get into the interview with Graham and Jeff. Here we go. So there I am, down on one knee in the sand, tears streaming down my face. But these are not tears of joy. No. These are not tears of, oh, my God, now our lives make sense together, and we're going to have four kids, and we're going to live in Seattle. No. These are, I wrap you up in duct tape, I put you on a chair, I put, you, put a noose around your neck, and then I kick the chair out from underneath you, tears. I can't believe that she cheated on me. So, you had the same recurring dream last night. I'm sleeping with our couple's therapist. <laughs> You're a mess, Greg. Mom, I'm not a love addict. It's totally normal to get emotional during a romantic comedy. <laughs> hey man thank you so much for coming this is cool yeah and he's he's depressed he's not a deaf foster child so. okay you found your new roommate yet i think he just got an email about the apartment hi i'm Peyton. so yeah this, this is, is your room this is very purple it's my favorite color mixture of red and blue oh. are you gay no oh are you no I got a new roommate. Oh, hey. Just getting my yoga on. I have to say, I think I'm in love. I'm going to get out of my sweaty clothes and into the shower. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So do you think I should just go for it? Yes, that's why I was trying to set you up with Winona in the first place. Okay. Because you need to finally move on from Ashley. Hey, would it be totally inappropriate if we spoon? No. Mom, she's like relationship-worthy amazing. Oh, boy. Given with your love addiction and all. I want to be the little one. I'd like to do it right now. Me too. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Come on, man. You're smarter than this. Look at what happened with Ash. Her and Dr. Wilbon and I, we had a very mature adult conversation. <clears throat> How you like them apples, mother... It's actually pretty good. What brand is it? Lock it up. Very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark.
Um, I've got Graham Sibley and Jeffrey Scott Collins here, the team behind Poor Greg Drowning. Uh, Graham, Jeff, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome to Industry Town. Ha- thrilled to have you guys. Thanks for having us, Brian. Thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Uh, before we jump into the movie, which is what we're going to mostly talk about, and, uh, and filmmaking, because that's a fun, sexy topic that I like talking about. But I, I just need to ask, like, how are you? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I don't, I'm not, I'm going to be honest, like, I'm thinking right now about votes coming in from Pennsylvania. I'm also here, but I am in two places at once, and I don't like that. I feel like that's the, that's the best I have to offer right now. How are you guys doing? Wait, there's an election going on? Oh, yes. <laughs> Grant, take it away. Well, I was uh, in, um, in, in, uh, in Maricopa County this morning protesting. <laughs> um, I just, I can't, I, can't I, I, I just don't believe any of this, you know? <laughs> um, we go live to Graham Sibley at Maricopa <laughs> County. Count the votes! Or, or is it, you don't count the votes! Or, did you see uh, the guy, did you see the guy earlier this, uh, he, I don't know, I've, I've had it on literally for the last, whatever, since Tuesday night, it's just been on the whole time. Um, and there was a guy, there was a, they were doing a report on MSNBC about a man selling Trump flags in the parking lot. Did you see this? (laughs) This guy is, uh, he's got the timing a little wrong right now, Um, but he's still trying to cash in, man. He's still trying to get his 20 bucks. I don't know. This might be the last good moment for all that stuff. Like unload it while everyone's still really into it. Like you got to get rid of that inventory. You don't want to be stuck holding a whole bunch of Trump paraphernalia. Like can you imagine seven years from now, it's going to be worth less than beanie babies. Um, At least that's the hope. Um, Okay. Is, is, that, is that enough? Do we need to do any more? Ugh. Is there anything I else have, to say? Um, I mean, God, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm drinking heavily yeah. on a daily basis. Um, my, yeah, I think that's getting me through it. But uh, yeah, it's funny. We, you know, our movie came out in August and we were like, yeah, this is a great escape. It's, you know, from reality, it's a comedy People need laughs, and it just becomes more and more relevant each month as the year goes on. <laughs> so you guys came out in August. What was going on in August? What was the what was the crisis of the moment when it came out? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I do. But because our movie came out on uh, August 11th, which mm-hmm. was the same day that the, that Joe Biden announced Kamala Harris as the VP. But am I getting this right, Jeff? Maybe it was like October 9th, whatever. It was like August 9th. Was it, we were doing all this. I think it was, I think it was the 11th. Yeah. Oh, and and we had done all 11th, this yeah. press. We'd done all this stuff. And, and, and we had, we had blasted all of it on social media. And then like we got it all out there and the movie was out there and everything was going. We oh, we're good. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then, and then it was like, Kamala Harris was the next news thing for well, not that anyone really cared, it, but I'm just saying for us, it was like, a, you know, it was like, oh, oh we got that out that's there. That's like bad timing too, because I mean, the first female vice president and here's a I movie mean, by two, you know, just strapping exactly. young white men trying to find themselves. And it's just, that's not the, the, the moment that you want to say, look at me and what I we got it say. out before yeah, yeah. all of that. No, well, it was the two biggest news stories of the week without a doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Rachel Maddow covered it for sure. Um, <laughs> well, uh, this is my last question uh, for now about how you're doing. 
um, I guess, Graham, we might have gotten a window into it. How are you getting through it? Like, are you are you white knuckling clockwork orange, like pupils dilated, taking in the cable news? Or are you like somehow able to turn it all off and watch the Queen's Gambit or something? Like, how do you handle this? Um, well, for me, I, I think it's 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 just really riding on optimism. <laughs> like, I mean, every time I see like Biden, you know, pushing towards victory, I just, I, I, I take pictures of the, of this, of the screen, you know, and I, and I just want to make sure that it's real. And, and I, I've gone through and I've looked at those a million times. Um, I don't know. I, I really feel like there's, I, I feel really good. I feel really um, excited that I think we're going to have new leadership. I, and I feel like democracy is going to work through, uh, Trump and he's going to be trumped. You know, he's going to. So lose. the way you're you're getting through it is by taking it in with optimism. But like, there's with no optimism. escaping it for you. Yeah, but there's no. Well, escaping. I'm definitely not going to Fox News. I am like purely injecting CNN and MSNBC. So I'm like totally on 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 boards here. Awesome. On board, Je- Jeffrey. How about you? I may have mentioned this before, but I've been drinking heavily. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it's, uh, you know, what was it, Wednesday night or Tuesday night, things were looking a little depressing. And then all of a sudden, Wednesday morning, it was like a shot of optimism. So it's it's been a roller coaster. But um, like Graham said, things are looking good. And I feel like you know, this year has just been a total kick in the balls on so many levels. But I feel like, you know, when anytime I'll, I'll, I'll swing this back to our movie, anytime you're going through a dark period, it leads to a lot of growth and positive um, things. So I'm hoping that's what 2020 will ultimately be. And Brian, how about you? How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, I, what I will say is easily the smartest decision I made was about half an hour on Tuesday night, right after half an hour after Pennsylvania results first showed up. I said, this is like bad for me. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go play NBA 2K. And I like busted out a couple games. Who's, who's your team? This, I have an expansion Supersonics with like the classic jerseys. Wow. Yeah, because I, I, have, I have a lot of um, angst that I need to put somewhere. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and because the Warriors haven't played for a long time. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was the smartest move. And I feel like when I, ha- I realize it's a discipline to not look at that stuff and I can't, I'm not good enough at it. Like I recognize that when I am, am strong about that, I, I'm doing better. And then I go and mainline as much like Chris Hayes as I can. Um, <laughs> and so it's not a healthy cycle, but that's, that's how I am. Um, but I agree with you guys. The best distraction is the work and, and, yeah. and laughing. I mean, my best moments have actually been teaching class. When yeah. I had to teach Wednesday night, awesome. I was dreading it. Not because of the pe- I love the people, but just like, how are we going to, how am I going to find like leadership and, and, and energy on the work? And within like five minutes, I was locked into these beautiful people who were all checking in and, and sharing and it all put in amazing work to do like these hysterical table reads of these awesome shows. And, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, this is actually what my life is. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is what's going to happen every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, that isn't. And um, so, yeah, I think that's maybe the big lesson is that, you know, connecting to people. 
you know, I'm sure, I'm sure this conversation right here will go in that bucket too of just like, yeah, th- this was better than another two and a half hours of MSNBC. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Totally. Let's let's talk about your movie, um, Jeffrey. I uh, you were the writer, director, and producer. Um, can you tell us? Can you tell the audience who hasn't seen uh, the movie yet about poor Greg drowning? Yes. So it is a uh, grounded, uh, edgy romantic comedy, and it's about a thirty-five-year-old aspiring writer in Los Angeles who happens to be a love addict and he goes to propose to his longtime girlfriend and she admits that she's cheating on him with her couples therapist. So they end up breaking up and we, uh, we open the movie on him being heartbroken and he's searching for a roommate because he's living in this two bedroom apartment in a two year lease that he can't afford. Uh, but he's a little socially awkward and angry, so he's scaring a lot of potential roommates away until this girl moves in uh, unknowingly off of a Craigslist ad from Chicago. And he, upon seeing her for the first time, falls madly in love. And it's kind of like what ensues after that. Um, so, yeah. What a beautiful pre-COVID story. Like yeah. <laughs> people are not right now be like, I'm moving across the country and you know what I want to do is I want to yeah. stranger and maybe think about making out with them. Like that's <laughs> what a privilege that, well, that is to live in that world. Oh, I miss it. Great. Well, well he actually, as she, he tests her when she, she has to take a test. She, <laughs> she does have to take door. a COVID test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's needed one scene of reshoots. You handled it. It was a quick, we fixed it in post. Um, I'm going to mention this a number of times, including in the intro, but now's a good time to mention uh, November 12th, Amazon Prime, right? November 12th, yeah. Amazon Prime? Yes, it becomes... Drowning. Uh, yes, it's, you can get it on Amazon now, but it becomes free for Prime users to stream. Oh, so people can actually go get it right now. Um, and uh, oh. if that's you know, going to be the difference with whether you pay your uh, rent or not, then you, know, you can wait till the 12th, but everyone else... Right. Go ahead and uh, grab it now, right? Um, yep. Graham, how you you're you are poor Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm poor Greg, <laughs> and I hear that you're drowning. Um, tell me just a little bit about what this project means to you, because you're a producer on this as well. And my understanding is you've been working on this for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This this um, so Jeff and I worked on a film um, a couple of years ago uh, called Grow House together. And um, we just had many days in trailers laughing and, and, um, and, and we just sort of kicked, you know, we just hit it off. And, and um, I think we wanted to work, we wanted to do something together and, and we didn't know what it was. And, and uh, Jeff had um, written something that, uh, he thought I'd be right for and, and sort of used my, some of, some of my life, I guess, uh, for it. Um, and I said, yeah, let's do this. Um, so we started off as a short film and it was sort of, you know, inspired by some of the breakups that I've gone through and, and Jeff's gone through and, and, and some of the depression that we both gone through and, um, and, uh, and it sort of, uh, meshed together to, to, to create this story. And, um, so yeah, it started off as a short film. Um, and, uh, and then we started thinking that it would be like a web series, but we started posting some stuff online and it started to get 
a lot of, of a lot of people like a lot of people liked it and was asked or they were asking us about it and um, one thing led to another and and we were shooting on the weekends um, whenever we could um, and uh, and then some through the grapevine we ended up uh, Jeff ended up finding you know some uh, some financing for it um, and we were able to kind of you know come together in a more legitimate way and and finish it. Um, and, and then it took a long time to finish. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's sort of the, 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 the journey of it. Um, but yeah, my involvement in it was really just, you know, wanting to work with Jeff and, 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 uh, was so, um, shocked and humbled by him, you know, wanting to use part of my life for this. Well, yeah, Graham doesn't know, but I thought I stalked him for a year prior to. Prior yeah, I want to. There's got to be like a dossier him. or something on him that you've got, and I think that should be part of the supplemental materials to this podcast. Yeah, a thousand percent. But no, it's it, called uh, my Facebook wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've just cracked it, guys. Yeah, yeah, but no, it was. Um, yeah, we met on Grow House, uh, and. Yeah, Graham just cracked me up. So, and um, we, yeah, like he said, we really wanted to do something together. And I just thought of a, this short film and immediately thought of Graham in the role. And then once I thought of Graham, that really helped flesh out the character in my mind. Um, and then, yeah, Graham was a absolute partner from day one of this five year journey um, in every aspect. So, uh, and it was, it was, a, it was a, you know, I always say this, but if Graham and I had a baby, it'd be Greg, slightly exaggerated, but not too much. Um, so it looks more was, like Graham, but it talks more it, like you. It, do, it does, it does, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does draw from my, the, the, my dialogue and people in my life, but, but uh, Graham's too. You know, the, there's just a couple of things I want to call out here that I like so much, because basically what you're telling me is this you know, getting a movie made is like a Herculean effort. I feel like that's the most common thing. If you ask anybody who's made a feature, what's the first thing they'll be like, it's fucking hard, man. That's like, that's always where it starts. And so when people do get it done, I always think it's really interesting to look at like, well, what were the ingredients that pulled this off? And it sounds like, well, being good at what you do, because that's what puts you to working together in the first place. And then being friends and being like vulnerable enough to become friends, like in a work environment and then like showing up as a, as like a partner as being like, I'll pull my weight. And then some, that feels like what you're always told is how it's supposed to work. Like do a lot of good work, make friends with the people you work with, show up time and time again. And then, and then you should get it. I feel like you guys fucking did that. And I think that's commendable and very exciting. Thanks man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think just to, just to say, just to really state the facts here is that, you know, Jeff really put so much of this in terms of the Herculean effort, you know, um, I showed up and I, I, you know, I, I chimed in and helped where I could, but, but Jeff really put this all on his shoulders and, and it's such an amazing feat, um, to accomplish something, um, over such a long period of time and to stay focused on it. And I just, I commend Jeff so much, um, on that on, because it is so hard when everybody leaves, you know, uh, you know, you, you, you come together, you shoot something, everyone's excited. And then, 
everybody leaves because they go off on doing other, doing other things and they're working on other things. And, 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 it, and it takes a long time to push something up a hill by yourself. And, um, and Jeff really put that, you know, took that responsibility and really nurtured it all the way through and really delivered something that's really, that's totally unique. I mean, we played in like 50 something, almost 50 film festivals and, 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 you know, people don't make uh, broad comedies like this in an independent way because it's hard. It's, it's hard to do. And it's a real, uh, it's a real skill that Jeff has um, uh, built over his career. And, and, and this is just sort of the, the beginning, the tip of the iceberg for what I think he's going to do in the future. Well, then he's, I will. He's just, He's just I'm just so going to direct nice. all my questions to Jeff then. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning right anything, now. You just come to me. No, I mean like Graham. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't know what an indie feature really entailed, but it is like, it, it's your, 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 it's a, it's starting your own business. It's literally starting your own business. Um, and I explain that know, more, explain that more. Well, you're uh, technically really are starting a business in LLC, but then you're raising financing, you're hiring employees, then you have to finish it and market it and sell it and get legal for the contracts and holy shit. Yeah, you're not someone just making art. You're actually making a business product, like a widget that has to sell a certain amount and people who made it have to get paid and there's certain standards around that and that is a business. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like the creative of this movie was the easy part. And like Graham is an absolute dream to work with. He crushed it on every level. And then he, you know, when I say he's a true partner, he absolutely was he like cast the majority of the film um and uh, everybody and it's amazing and then but like i if i had um i don't know like every single draft of the poster or every little piece of any creative input at any any stage along the way i would get it from graham and he would give all these amazing notes so it's like what when your like main guy is that involved it makes it so much easier um but yeah, it's it's the clearances and the legal and all that stuff along the way that makes it the the most challenging. I think. So, let's say that you, someone's listening right now and they've they've written a screenplay, and they either have an actor for it or they are an actor, and mm-hmm. they want to know like how do I get to be where these guys are? Like I okay, so I gotta like I'm gonna have apparently I'm gonna be a businessman by the time it's all said and done, and that's fucking great. Yeah. But like yep. you said, the creative work's the easy part. I think it's it's in part easier because it comes first, <laughs> um, and also because that's what like you're trained to do, and that's what you love. But there isn't a lot of training for the next part. So what would you tell somebody who's like, I've got the script, I want to make it, I want to make it for a reasonable amount of money? They probably don't know what amount that is yet. Yeah. But what what's their next step, or what's your advice to someone in those shoes? Uh the the main thing. And the biggest inspiration for how this all started um, was seeing Mark Duplass's speech at South by where he was like, there's no reason you shouldn't be shooting every weekend on your iPhones. And that's exactly how this started. I saw that, saw that speech that night, wrote the short film, thought of it, hit up, sent it to Graham that night. And then that Saturday we shot it for no money. 
And it just snowballed from there. And I think, like, you know, Broad City, I believe that was a web series. Uh, Issa Rae, I think her show started as a web series. So I think I think the main thing is to just get started, but to give yourself small little goals. Like, when you're, you're like, oh, I get money, go make a film. That sounds like climbing Mount Everest. But, ha- but if you're like, oh, let me make a sh- two-minute short film this beginning of the feature this Saturday and just see where that goes, I think that's, that's a big first step. Because then you're making things, you're figuring out how to do it, and, like, worst-case scenario, you learned something without – spending a ton of money best case scenario you have a proof of concept that you can raise money off of or eventually use to get someone bigger to help you make that happen yeah and i think oh i was just gonna say i think the other thing that kind of comes into this is like is that you know when you're making a film it's it it, it's a it's a it's an entirely collaborative process yeah and and you have to you you can't do it by yourself i mean you know it's you need other people. And, and, um, and I think that that's, that's the other thing is like when you choose, when you, who you choose to work with, I think is also really important, not only for the filmmakers, but also for the actors too. I mean, I have done, I've collaborated in this way, (laughs) you know, lots of times, you know, dozens, maybe a hundred times, you know, doing independent films and short films and web series and whatever. And, and, and I think what I've learned over the over over that um, over that time is that you know there's agency that goes along with being an actor, and the agency is saying no, you know. Um, and when you're able to say no to to people that either you don't have a good vibe with, you don't um, believe in what they're going to do, you don't. But you know, I think a lot of people just sort of latch on to like, Oh, I'm going to make something and we're going to do it. And you don't really realize how much of a, of of an effort it is to actually, if you're just doing it for tape to get the tape, I have so much stuff living on hard drives that will never be finished. Like, like years of work that I've done that. And, and so what I learned over this process, what I've learned over my, you know, these 20 years that I've been doing this is that you have to pick really wisely with the people that you choose to work with because you, you have to see it through. It has to be done. It, it doesn't, the equation doesn't work without an audience. And, and if, you can't, if you can't finish something, it's, it's, you really need to think about it, you know? Well, and that's that businessman thing because businesses have output that you're required to. Right. Right. It has to make something and uh, hobbyists don't, I mean, they can. And if it turns out well and luck hits, mm-hmm. it does. But a lot of times that's, you know, the half finished whatever project in your garage, you know, and you've wasted all that time. You've yeah. wasted all that time, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, that's a, you know, learning how to decipher who to work with, I think is also important. Yeah. I, I think that's huge. And then also, uh, yeah, just, you know, we all came out here to make stuff, but then it's so easy to get, you know, caught up in the long game of things. Well, I've developed, like, we just all came out to make stuff. So you got to face the fear. Like, you know, some people, I, I talked to so many people, like these amazing writers with amazing scripts. And I, I'm like, so you're going to direct it? And they're like, ah, I don't, I just don't think I'd be able to. Like, maybe some down, time down the road, but they don't have a reason why. They just assume they can't and they're afraid. Um, so I think it's just facing that fear and just being like, 
you know, we came here to make, like, we want to make movies, so just do it. Well, I think there's also the whole thing of like the, uh, <laughs> the, the name game thing. Cause like, I, you know, I, I, there's been, I've worked with many first time filmmakers and, and, and then, you know, they, the, the ones that actually end up doing it, it it's, it, it they'll, they'll get another opportunity, but the ones that are, that sit back on their script and go, I'm waiting for X, Y, and Z to be attached. And then, you know, it's getting read to the agencies and whatever, like, it just never happens. You just have to go out and do it. You know, you just got to go out there and do it and fail forward, you know? Fail forward. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back, Jeff, to something you said earlier. You described Greg as a love addict. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something, is that an idea that came to you? Is that something that you, um, it, it like reminds me just a little bit of like high fidelity and that like kind of ideas. That's something you subscribe to. Do you feel like people are love addicts? Do you feel like that's something that speaks to you? Yeah. I mean, I, I had actually never heard the term until I moved out here um, and met some people that were in love addicts anonymous and um, it, it kind of evolved. It, uh, I just, I just envisioned this guy who was super heartbroken and I drew from, uh, a period in my life where I came out of a five-year relationship right after from high school through college combined with a bunch of other tragedies that happened. So I know what it was like to be like drowning in depression and stuff. So I drew from that, but I just imagine this guy, you know, angry from this heartbreak and thus he was like socially awkward and scaring people off. And then the whole idea of the, the love addiction came along because I met people people out here and, and did some research about it and it, it's a very real thing uh you know it, what i learned is like you know like it's this certain certain type of people who um you know if they fall if they meet somebody on one date they're like oh my god i can't stop thinking about it. she's the one uh or or if they broke up after two weeks they're devastated and in a depression for six months so um i'm 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 definitely not an expert on it, but I was drawing from the things that I was seeing in my own life and the people in my own life. Graham, how, how method did we get here? Are we going to these meetings? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, I felt like that was. Uh, no Daniel Day Sibley here? Come on. <laughs> no, not, not on that. I just felt like that was crossing a line, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I just I feel it's like their private you know, space. I'm yeah. all about that, and I usually do go deep, deep, deep into stuff. But like, I know how sacred that stuff is, and I, you know, I, I just I didn't feel right about that. But so, what do you find was like the biggest challenge for this guy? Playing Greg. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like um, I think the biggest challenge was shooting over such a long period of time. Um, we shot so disjointed, I think, you know, and the script was going through changes as we were, as we were shooting. So we would get the pages, you know, we would work on the pages, Jeff and I would, you know, he would send the pages and we'd riff on it and go back and forth and, and see, okay, this is what we're going to shoot. And this is what we're going to do it. And what do you think about this? And, and we would shoot, you know, two scenes or whatever it was that weekend or, or that series of, of days that we were going to shoot. And, and I think like, when I've done these, when I've done every other film that I've done in the past, it's, 
you know, especially in, in, in this independent, you know, world, um, you have a, such a, you have 15 days to shoot a film and I go back and, you know, and I'm, I mark my script and it's all scene numbers and so much stuff to do. Cause I know I'm going to shoot completely out of sequence and all that stuff. And, and I can create like an arc, not only I can create a, an arc, you know, physically and vocally and all of those kinds of things. And, and I really love that process, but this was different because, I didn't get that chance to do that. We shot over such a long period of time. Um, and it was just always evolving and changing. And I think there's a real like sort of, you know, um, kind of captures a, a different part of who I am, I think. But, you know, I think that was the biggest challenge was, was trying to figure out an arc for him when it was all sort of amorphous and changing all the time, you know? And like, and like physically, um, like I, I, I think I was saying this earlier today, we shot the short in June, 2015, but we were doing pickups in 2019. So it was literally, there might be a scene in the movie where Greg leaves the living room and walks into a dining room and that was shot four years apart. And That's he a somehow, whole presidential term. <laughs> and he somehow looks the same. It's, it's astonishing. Well, let, let's understand the shooting schedule a little bit more. So I want to make sure I understand this right. <laughs> short, short film. Is the short film literally now a piece of the movie or was the short film its own thing that had its own beginning, middle, end and release and whatnot? And then we started working on a feature version or a web series version. The short film is essentially the, the first scene in the movie was the short film. It's just cut down by a minute or two. But so it's we use it's the same footage, and then the first like forty-four pages of the script we shot uh, in the, in the first year that we thought was going to be a web series. So the first half of the movie was technically what the web series was starting to be. Um, so we just you shot saw a it almost as episodes, though. I'm just trying to think, like as 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 the young lads you were back, you know, many years yeah. ago when this was starting, the intention on some weekend in July was, okay, we're going to shoot episode two of the web series. Yes, but, but, we, but it was a feature script. So I always had in the back of my mind, maybe we could put out a web series and then just put it all together as the feature. And then halfway through, we were like, you know what? How much do we need? How little do we need? to just finish it properly. And so I love that. So that's the forward thinking of like, our intention is clear, but I'm not going to yeah. let the chasm of difficulty stop me. Yeah, because, and this is what I was saying earlier, the thought of just shooting on the weekends and like putting these little pieces together is much less daunting than being like, let me go try to raise money for a feature film. So let's talk, let's, well, first of all, shoot days. Do you know how many shoot days by the time it's all said and done? Yeah, I think ultimately it was about 14 and a half of principal photography. So that last, when we got the money to finish as a feature, that was six shoot days for 55 pages. Ambitious. So it was super like it. easy and plenty of time and yeah. plenty of resources. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm sure you had two cameras going the whole time. So you get lots oh, of yeah. coverage. Oh, we yeah. Did all, right? We had a Steadicam, um, dollies, all sorts of stuff. Michael Bay was helping out with the second unit, just blowing some shit up for us. Yeah, it. yeah. Our VFX budget was in, through the roof. I believe it. Uh, <laughs> so we have 14 and a half shooting days. Um, 
Derek, can I ask what the budget of the film is by the from Soup to Nuts? I think I'm. I think I can say it. Um, yes, the pr- the production budget uh, all set into the the production budget was forty two thousand. Forty two thousand. And then, do you find that that matches when people say like basically you end up spending that again between marketing and post? Is that? I, I think at the end of the day, everything came out with uh, honestly the most cost was legal. Uh, because you need a contract for everything. And we, uh, the clearances, oh God, talk about, that was my personal nightmare was clearances and going back after the fact. But um, So in the next movie, the girlfriend is not sleeping with the couple's counselor. The girlfriend is sleeping with the lawyer who's keeping clearances on certain music. Correct, on a retainer. Um, uh, Oh, so you're paying him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think yeah, I think ultimately it came out around 60, all said and done. Okay. I feel like it's helpful for people to have some idea of like, if I ever did want to do a feature, what's an actual number that someone felt like they were able to do it for? And well, go ahead. Yeah. And what, you know, one thing that helped us was that, that was everybody willing to work for the lowest possible. It was SAG, so it was the scale. Um, but like on most days, crew wise, it was literally myself, uh, our DP who had his own camera and lights, and a sound person. So you aren't having to pay for insurance. You aren't having to pay we, for. We we did we did once it became a, an official feature. So for but the last six days, you're paying for all that stuff. But yeah. up until then, you're not having to pay that. You're probably shooting in places that you or castmates or somebody no location fees yeah right. my, my apartment was greg's apartment good thing you didn't move <laughs> that's the other thing like i couldn't <laughs> yeah um yeah, i locked was, in <laughs> i was locked in for half a decade don't almost, let the landlord I'm, find out oh I, you're shooting here you're not done yeah, okay yeah this isn't airing is it <laughs> this is um, i've tweeted it at him so yeah I know it is but i found it yeah um yeah no it it was so yeah it's there there well i do say go make something and you can shoot along the way you're gonna have some headaches like graham made this painting for me that was called the lava goes to the surface or something of the water uh graham you want to you want to explain that because it kind of portrays it pretty well what if making a film is like uh like lava. I, go ahead. You can. I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember uh, making a painting so, for somebody about. I, 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 about it was a lava? beautiful painting, man. It was a gift. I gave you. I gave you a couple of paintings. Yeah, a that one was. This one, the whole philosophy was like you're going through the lava, but eventually it'll be water or yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. It is not. I was, yeah, that that whole yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it is a, and again, it's like the same, it's like, as an actor, you're, you're just, you're, you're hoping and praying that you find someone who can, um, who has, who, who has the skills and the, and the, and the, and the ambition and the, and the, and the persistence to, to put themselves to this because, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's Jeff's film. You know, and, and I, and I, 
I can help wherever I can help, but, but there are things that I, 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 you know, I can't really help with. And, and, and at some point you're just hoping and praying that you, that you find someone who, who has the, like Jeff and, and, you know, it's very rare. It's a very rare. uh, It's tough to find someone who's got the, the ambition and the healthy ego to do a job like this, which requires a certain amount of like, I can do it. I got it. Who can also share half of it. Like that, that combination. It's really, it's really remarkable alchemy right there. It's really rare. It's really going. And I think also like, Oh, he's still here. Oh my God. Keep, keep, keep uh, uh, elaborate. If you guys could for the, Oh my, are you doing that Rudy Giuliani Borat thing? (laughs) That's your mic. That's your mic. I get it. I get it. I get it. I see how that's a mic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, it's not a visual medium podcast. I I, I appreciate that very, very much. Um, you should send me a picture, Jeff, of the lava painting and I'm going to do this part of the show notes. Absolutely. It's right on my wall. I will. I love this. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you both, um, the same kind of question here. Um, I like to think that pretty much anyone who's survived in this career, as long as you guys have, feel like you've learned a couple things that other people don't know, you know, along the way, some accrued wisdom. Uh, and I'm wondering like, what's one thing that you feel like you've picked up that you wish, you know, more actors at 20, 25 or writers and producers or directors. What's something that you wish you had known? I'll start with Graham. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's, I, I was, um, do, you, do you guys know the, the comedian Rick Overton? No. I, I, the, it sounds familiar. He's, he's was in a bunch of, he was a big, uh, 80s, 90s comedian dude. He's been a million, he's a lot of movies, small parts in a lot of movies. And I used to work at this restaurant called Chin Chin in the Valley. And he used to come in all the time. And, um, and he, his advice, he, I would always talk to him or whatever. And he'd be like, oh, what are you working on? How are you doing? Whatever. And, and I was always like, I'm doing, I'm going down to, you know, I'm, I'm going to Mexico to shoot a short film and I'm driving down there and, you know, uh, I, I have one line, you know, it was that kind of thing. And, um, and he was like, uh, he was like, you know what, you're doing it right. You know, you said, he said, he said, you got to say yes to everything until you can't. And, and I was like, I, I really registered with me. Um, and I, and I've really taken that on, um, as a, as sort of my thesis. And, and I, I think I'm like now at a place where I understand what he meant when it was say yes, say yes to everything until, until you can't. And I said yes to everything forever, never, 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 never. And I'm just starting to kind of figure out like what it means to say until I can't, you know, um, for whatever reason. And that comes with experience that comes with desire and confidence and all of this stuff that comes with doing something for, for now. You also, you're, you're a dad to what? 16 month old twins. Yeah. That that's got to change the game, right? Oh, it's for sure. I mean, and that's until I can't, you know, my time. Go ahead. Go ahead. My time is so limited. I mean, I have, I have, I have a, especially through COVID here, you know, like I have a nap 
which is about an hour and a half. Jeff and I had another interview earlier during that nap time. And then my wife is, 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 uh, it was done with, with what she was doing at three o'clock and we got this going and, and that, and that's about the time I get, you know, and I, I can go running and time is such a, 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 such a fucking resource, man. You know, it's so, it's so vital, especially to a creative process, you know? It's just so interesting that that's what you said, because earlier you were also talking about how like, be able to say no when you're not going to get that footage. And I think that that's such an interesting kind of Venn diagram of there is actually a sweet spot. There is a sweet spot of being someone who inherently says yes, but has the wisdom to say no. That's that right. And that's so what I hard did. to find. Hard that's to find. That's what I did but for so many years was just say yes to everything until I realized, you know, I kept calling, you know, whoever it was to, can I have that tape? Can I have that tape? Can I have that tape? I'm trying to, you know, and then just, Crickets. And you also have stories where you're going down to Mexico to shoot a scene, a short film, and that you carry with you to help make movies over five years, understanding that, yeah, like sometimes they're going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's not glamorous. Right. And that experience of going down to Mexico and shooting one scene in a film, uh, the producer of that film was, was, uh, was Daniel Cretton or Destin, Destin, Daniel Cretton. And um, Destin became a, a, a friend and, and now he's, you know, uh, uh, he's directing, you know, he's going to be helping produce my wife's um, uh, Amazon series. And it's, it's, you know, you just never know how the, how the cookies crumble, but that's, that was where I, that happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, what about, same question, Jeff, what's something that you feel like you've learned that you're like, I just, if you get this, it would be just so much better for everybody. Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, you truly have to, one thing that I learned, and I always knew it was going to be hard. There was a reason why I started in finance. Um, I just didn't think this was a viable career, but my creative soul was just screaming at me. And it is just, it's not, it's a lifestyle. Like this is a marathon and you have to enjoy the process and be patient and that's got to be the journey. You have to enjoy the journey. Like if, you, if you're coming out here hoping to have, well, I want uh, my first feature done in a year, like you, you can't, and then I'll be happy. Like you can't be banking on the end product to make you happy. You have to enjoy and truly love this because it's not, as we all know, it's not easy. You just have to really love and enjoy the process. And it's a marathon. And like Graham said, you know, you never know where – you know, you're meeting this producer seven years from now, you might be uh, making a feature film with them. Like you, you just never know. So it, definitely another thing is surround yourself. And we were talking about this, you know, a feature is a collaboration. Surround yourself with great, positive, inspiring people. Um, that's hugely, hugely important. Yep. Community, Community is so vital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to go back just because I think this is a big issue for people uh, and talk about money for a second, because um, making a movie for around 60 K or whatever is wildly cheap. Like, like, I mean, and I, and I don't, I say that as a, as a, as an, I'm, I'm impressed. Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a, it, to be able to pull off what you did for that amount is impressive at the same time. I bet there are people listening to this who have not yet made $60,000 in like one year or in over a couple of years and the idea that that's what it's going to take 
feels daunting. Now, I, yeah. I, I really like the message you said earlier of, we'll start with the short, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. in these smaller amounts. But without getting into too many details, can you tell me mostly where is this money coming from? I.e., are you guys funding this in little bits and pieces because you have other jobs and other creative jobs that are bringing in money? Or are you regularly kickstarting and reaching out to people and getting it from external sources? Um, I was, I always had a, through the process, a job. So I was always assisting, uh, directors. So when we shot, um, uh, when we shot the short film and the, the, well, actually went through all principal photography, I was working with John Hamburg and assisting him on his movie. Why him? So I always had a day job and that's why I would shoot it on the weekends and why my editor and I would cut on at night or on the weekends. Um, So I always had something. And when I was finishing it, I was working in development at Hasbro in in the feature division. So I always had a, a day job. Um, So I just kind of did both. And that's, that's what enabled me to do it. Just took a lot of time. I think it's important to basically call it like, how did he do it? What's the magic? The magic is the, the dude had two full-time jobs. That's, yeah. that's the magic. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I feel like I've always had two full-time jobs since I've been out here in terms of like doing my own stuff in addition to the whatever job I did have. Yeah, that's one of the things that I wish people understood more because I just think they get further faster is that thing of just like, it takes money to survive out here and Mm -hmm. while you might not be able to have as free a life as you maybe imagine for yourself like getting a party in LA all the time it's that security that allows you to not need to book a commercial when you go in for it and it's that that allows you to actually be able to say like no I'll be able to make something if I just work really hard for a year like yeah, and I think that's such a piece of it that I think people miss sometimes, and it hurts them. I think in terms of actually getting where they want to go. Yeah, and I think you know, I think it's I uh, I'm lucky in that you know my day jobs contributed to, um, whereas I know like you know a lot of actors and actresses they need jobs at night to be able to audition through the day. So that to me that's even more challenging. Um, it's hard, but I feel like that's old fashioned. Like everything's a self tape now. Like you'll either yeah, do it before, yeah, like there's less, like I got to be in Santa Monica at 1 PM. Yeah. And I, like, I still know people who end up working as like paralegals, but they actually like get to know their boss and create a relationship. And then their boss is like, Oh, you've, you've paid your dues. Like I know you show up, go to yeah. your audition, just get the work done. Well, here's a perfect example of having a day job and then being a creative. I'm going out with, um, a sci-fi pitch that I'm co-writing with uh, a, a writer's rep at Verve, and he's also a NASA engineer. So he has a day job as a NASA engineer and writes at night and on the weekends. So there's no, there's no one way to do it. And then at some point you just have to realize, all right, when do I take that leap and leave the, the steady job and try to put more eggs in the, your, your personal stuff. But um more eggs in your personal stuff. I don't think I've ever said no, that's that a before. Quote. That's a quote. That's, um, going on. that's the name of the put, episode. Can you put that in the, the notes at the bottom? <laughs> yeah, put your eggs notes. in your personal stuff. Yeah, I'm actually going to make sure to never do that. Um, 
<laughs> you know, I actually have to ask you, why him? That was the Brian Cranston, James Franco yeah. movie. It's one yeah. of my favorite auditions of my whole life. I learned. What'd you audition so, for? I auditioned for, he has like a manservant who works for him, Franco. The Keegan-Michael oh. Key ended up being, yeah. Well, no, no, oh, oh. No, no, the, yeah. there's different character, not, um, it's like, it's a guy. Oh, oh, he, well, he had a manservant and then an intern. Who's always doing yeah. embarrassing stuff, but he only comes in a couple of times. It's not as big. A couple a of times. Oh, right. that's great. So I auditioned I, for that. It was a very small part. So there wasn't a lot there. And I yeah. remember I, you know, I'd made all my choices, you know, and I'm like. Hey. Was it with Rachel? Rachel Tanner? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. God, I'm going to have to ask her. Or do you have the tape? Uh, I do not think so. I mean, this was, this was in person. Oh, yeah. This was a long yeah, time yeah. ago. But yeah. here's what I remember is we're all in there and it's all the same people who I see at all the same auditions and we're all having a great time. And, you know, you can kind of hear through the door. People are doing their thing and they're leaving. And then this guy comes in and so the character works. F- he's got like guerrilla video games or something. Is like James yeah. Franco, at least at the script yep. at the time. And this guy comes in in a full gorilla suit, like a Mickey Mouse suit. That's incredible. But with just the head off. But he's been clearly wearing it all day because he's sweaty. Like he's, he's been the guy who's been forced to wear a gorilla suit the whole time. And he walks in wearing this like his boss made him. And he booked the role before he walked in the room. I mean, that's the yeah. guy who's in the thing. And we all just were like, oh, my God. <laughs> that guy, that, that's funny. That guy was really funny. But a fun fact is that Keegan-Michael Key ended up um, – and I think I could say this publicly, but like Keegan-Michael Key ended up playing a big role in the film uh, as uh, Franco's, gotcha. um, whatever you want to call him, his, his uh, helper or his... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His language is uncomfortable, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. But, um, but, but before Keegan was a veil, uh, this guy, this actor, George Basil, that John and I had no idea who he was at the time, was blowing us away in these auditions. Like this guy is fucking hilarious. And he, I don't want to like, I don't know, but like he got down very far down the line and I think had a really good chance. And then Keegan became a veil um, and Fox loves Keegan. I mean, Keegan's incredible and He's Keegan was ama- amazing in it. But, but then when we came to do Greg, I just wanted to, uh, for one of the main roles in the film, this guy, Dan, I was like, this has to be George Basil. This has to be that guy. And and he's in the film. It's super, super funny. See, but that's how it's supposed to work. Like, yeah. you know, you, you got to sell tickets and Keegan's going to sell more tickets and he deserves it. He's, he's There's a reason he sells those tickets. He's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, you do good work. They'll find a place for you. Oh, and George. George is doing extremely well. He's been on a lot of, a lot of TV shows and stuff. Absolutely. Um is there anything about this film? Well, actually, Graham, how much fundraising did you have to do? I mean, did you, are you, did you ever have to, like, you know, be the face of a Kickstarter campaign? Were you having to, like, go, you know, kind of hat in hand to everyone you knew who might be able to pitch in on this? Is that part of this for you? Or was no, it, just, it was mostly just, like, asking all of, the, all of my friends to work for free, you know? You know, pretty much. I mean, that was pretty much the, pretty much the, the look, 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 look what we're doing. Look, look, what, look what we're doing. This is who I, you know and you know that's graham got the amazing cast together like that's well yeah thanks but yeah i mean there was a so i think but i think i you know how it goes with 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 um with asking friends to do stuff that you're you're in i mean they're just they're supportive and if you're close friends with them and and whatever they're they're just most of them are just down 
you know, actually for free or the like hundred dollars a day for free or the like, Oh no. It depended on when we were shooting. <laughs> yes. I've heard interesting thoughts on this. I know some people who say, get all the money on the screen. If they're your friends, they're going to understand that the next movie is actually going to pay them like a really good union wage. Mm. Like let's yeah. like put it, put a down payment on it. And then the school thought I come from is like, if you're going to work for me, I'm going to pay you. Like, yeah, no, no. They, yeah. They, everybody was, uh, cause it was SAG ultra low budget. So it was like, whatever that was, 120 bucks a day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Graham, Graham essentially cast the film and, um, no, our, our financing came from, I put in a little amount over the course of the year, but then two investors, super generous investors, uh, uh, finance the rest. Yeah. After you guys kind of, you know, we had a product money. Yeah. We had a product to show them. them. And that's, that's part of like, go shoot a short. Like you, you can use that to try to get more financing. So any advice you can give people on the festival circuit on like, how do you choose where you premiere or, um, intelligent ways to kind of get you know really seen yeah i that was my first time going through that i think i spent too much money on uh submitting to too many places because i didn't know that you can reach out to them and be like hey just so you guys know we have no money is there any way you can give us and you can get discounts or waived fees so that's one way to save a lot of money Mm -hmm. i'm not an expert at all when it comes to like i mean i think you want to shoot to premiere at a big festival and then go from there. Um, uh, and then another thing we did that is so unorthodox is we were using a rough cut without any color grading or sound editing. And we were using it almost like as a test screenings to figure out where to change and fine tune the film. And so the first year of festivals, Cedric the Entertainer wasn't even a part of the film. And then we realized we wanted a narrator and we brought him on and like very late in the game. So I don't know if that gives any, my, I guess some of my recommendation is reach out to the festival people, see if you can get waived if you don't have a great, a big budget. Um, and then maybe, yeah, maybe don't be afraid of necessarily having to have it fully finished unless you're like trying to win Sundance. So like that's a whole nother level, but we kind of use it as an opportunity to make the film better. I and I think also, like, I, you know, I've gone through this with a, a, num- a number of films and, and I think Jeff had a different strategy, which was um, he wasn't super, uh, he, I, think that, I think that people can get lost in the, if I don't go to Sundance or, you know, Telluride or Toronto or, you know, whatever the, you know, te- you know it's more like South by, you know, Tribeca, th- those festivals that somehow your film is not, um, going to find legs or it's not going to do something that you wanted to do. But, you know, I think Jeff had a different strategy when, and he just, he just kind of went for any, any film, if any film festival that felt like it was kind of right. And I think that there's something to that because you just want, I, you want people to see your work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and at the end of the day, that's kind of the most important thing. And, and, and through that process of, you know, 50 films or whatever, we, we won many, you know, there was many acting awards that were won. There were many, you know, writer, director awards or run. There were, there were, there were lots of little accolades that come along. And I think when you're building an independent film, 
so it's so important to have a social media presence, especially now today, because at the end of the process, you have this film that you've climbed up the hill with for, for five years, and now you have to get people to see it, which is a whole other uh, mountain to climb with no resources. So, you know, um, you're reaching out. That social media account, by the way, do you guys like share it? Is that something one of you is like in charge of, or do you farm that out? Uh, so like last night at bed, right before I fell asleep, I posted like seven videos (laughs) and I'm not even kidding. I just literally just do it whenever I have a moment to post shit. It's between the two full-time jobs. That's when you do it. Yeah, honest, honest to God, yes, yes. But I think but, it, um, it really like your social media is like is like how how an independent film gets seen, you know? Yeah. Like we did we did an Instagram live thing with uh, with um, with Cedric, and that was you know two hundred people or something saw that, and you know all these all these podcasts, your generosity in letting us do this, like you know a lot of this like stuff is like you got to muster it up yourself, you got to do it yourself, and I think a lot of filmmakers don't don't do that. They just, yeah. they sit back, they sit back and they'd like, Oh, well the, we have distribution, but like, no, it's mean anything. And it's ongoing. It's not like you just do this for two weeks when it comes out and then put it away. You just got to keep, cause it's still, it's still out there, you know? And, and today's, it's not like a short window that's in the theaters and then it's done. It's, it's streaming for, we, we have a 10 year deal with our distri- uh, distributor. So. Yeah. We had, um, Lin Chen, who's, a actress and filmmaker uh her movie was supposed to debut at south by and then south by got canceled um but debut feature is supposed to happen there and i was talking to her about how she did promotion and she literally sends a postcard with a screenshot to every single person who buys it on apple like it was just one after another after another after another and i know for a fact because she sent me one i was like oh that that like that's real and uh she was talking about like letters to every single festival as like a outside of the initial submission. And Brian, are you trying to make like, me look bad here? I got to do I'm it at kidding. some point. Do you remember the, 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 the Rudy Giuliani incident from earlier? We have to bring it down a little bit. That's know, right. Nothing. That's right. No, sorry. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's amazing. No, but it's just hearing about, regardless of whether you guys are doing that, everything seems to be consistently about the personal touch at every yes. stage. And yes. that is the expectation. And that's what gets something across the finish line successfully. Um, yep. And I think that lesson just feels like resonating loud and clear. Uh, you have to separate yourself somehow. Yeah. Because there's so much stuff that's being created and put out there. You've, you've got to do something to separate yourself. And if you're passionate, you know, that's contagious. Yeah. So um, if people are still on the fence, uh, give me one more reason to, to, for someone to right now go on to Amazon Prime and buy this movie. Give me another. Uh, it's two hours that so you're not looking at Trump's face. Beautiful. That's so good. That's so fucking good. Graham, give me one. <laughs> um, when was the last time you saw an independent romantic comedy? I love it. I love that. I, I don't know the answer to it. This is going to be yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, good. Then go fucking get this movie, guys. Poor Greg drowning. Poor Greg. He's drowning. Go buy him on Amazon <laughs> and save him. November 12th on Amazon Prime. You guys can get it for free then. Uh, Graham, thank you so much. Jeff, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I thank you, see man. The movie, and I wish you guys the absolute best with this. And um, don't be strangers. The next time you guys have something going on, let's, uh, let's bring it back on. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Thank, thank you. you so much for this. 
thank you so much. It's great to meet you, and we'll we'll send you a uh, the link after after in the email and a and a handwritten note, Wait, a postcard, if you will. <laughs> All this swag, guys. All this swag. <laughs> this is fantastic. Okay. Awesome.